We thank you for visiting Christian Bible Temple and pray the following message speaks to your heart. Well, good morning, everybody. It's good to see everyone on this beautiful day. Yes, it's a beautiful day, buddy, because <laughs> we have the Lord in our hearts and he has truly risen, right? Like the pastor would say, yes, Christos Anesti. Anesti, amen. Indeed, he has risen, right? Um, and we're going to talk about what happened after his resurrection, right? And his 10 appearances. Now, I do have a PowerPoint up here, and you will see verses. However, please don't try to follow them. They're just there for your reference. Because I've made a compilation of verses. I've kind of mixed them up. It's almost like a remix of verses to kind of give you imagery of a story of what uh, the different people saw when they saw him. Okay, so you will be able to once again take notes on the verses. But if you try to follow me, you will be confused. <laughs> um, and I'll do my best to kind of read it long. Right. So we just celebrated and remember the most monumental week in the history of man right the holiest of weeks when we remember his entrance as a king to jerusalem his teachings his miracles his trial his flogging and his brutal crucifixion right that's what we celebrated last week but we know it did not end there three days later he arose victoriously from the grave as we sang today a risen Savior, a conquering Savior, a victorious Savior, and most importantly, a risen Savior. Like it says in the hymn, up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph over his what? His foes, right? His enemies. He conquered death, Satan, and the penalty of sin to those who trust in his work on the cross, right? That we all can say that the penalty of sin no longer has power over, over us for those who have trusted in the risen Savior. But what happened right after that? Well, let's take a walk down memory lane to see what he did, what he said, um, and the responsibility, responsibility that he leaves to us and that hope that he leaves to us, right? And we're going to see that what's called the ten appearances of Jesus Christ, right? That he did appear after he resurrected okay like i said it's kind of a mashup of verses um that i kind of put together to kind of flow as a story from the different gospels and the different uh perspectives that the different uh witnesses had uh when they saw him right uh, and this is one of the many things also that people that um debate the bible say that the gospels do not coincide and there's this contradictions in the bible right um, because there's different eyewitness accounts of what they saw, whether it was crucifixion, the resurrection, or the appearances after, right? But if you study enough, you can see that it's just different perspectives, right? It's like when you see an accident, depending on what angle you were, you see different things. It was the same thing, but sometimes people have different perspectives of what they saw, right? Um, so we're going to see the 10 appearances of Christ. So the first one, actually the first and second appearance are of Mary Magdalene um, and the other women. And like it says there, those are the verses, Matthew 28, 1 through 10, and Mark 16, 1 through 9. So we see in this account, 
that it's very fresh. The people are still talking about what happened um, just three days before the death of the man people called the religious zealot, a leader, a prophet, a healer, miracle worker, teacher, savior, liberator of the nation of Israel, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, right? That this man who was preaching, healing throughout the different regions in Jerusalem was killed on the cross, right? And his friends, his disciples were still mourning. They were confused and afraid of the unknown future, right? That this man that had promised so many things all of a sudden died on the cross. But then we see, and this is where the verses start, as the first day of the week began to dawn. So what's the first day of the week? Sunday, right? Not for us. Ours is Monday, but in Jewish culture, it is Sunday. So that's why we celebrate Resurrection Sunday. As the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene, mother Mary, the mother of James, and Salome brought spices that they might come and anoint him and came to see the tomb. Very early in the morning, on the first day of the week, they came to the tomb when the sun had risen. So it was at dawn, right? The first thing they did in the day. And they said among themselves, who will roll away the stone from the door of the tomb for us? Right? So they, were, they knew there was a big stone on there. It was um, common knowledge uh, that there was a big stone with the seal of the Roman emperor to keep him in the tomb. So they asked, we're just women. I mean, no man can roll away this stone, right, on his own. And behold, there was a great earthquake for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men, right? So they came. Who's going to roll the stone? Before they got there, though, there was a big earthquake, right? And it was so terrifying that the guards fell like dead men, right? This is why the pastor Alex always says when people say, oh, I saw the Lord or I saw an angel in all its glory. No, right? Because when you see something as glorious as that, even just an angel who is not God, you fall like a dead man, right? From the greatness of it. So after this, so there goes their answer, right? Who's going to roll away this stone? Well, the Lord, through <laughs> a great earthquake, right? Already done. And so these women, Magda, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James, and entering the tomb, the women saw a young man clothed in a long white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead, and indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. So they go in, they see an angel, tell him he's no longer here. He has risen, right? And it's very important to see that second part because it's going to come up on another eyewitness account that he's going before you into Galilee. Okay, and we're going to see that come up later. So what do they do? They quickly ran out from the tomb with fear and great joy only imagine what they were thinking, right? Just the fear of what they've seen, but just great joy that he had risen and ran to bring his disciples word. And as they went to tell his disciples, behold, when he rose early, he capital, right? Jesus Christ rose early on the first day of the week. He appeared first to Mary 
Magdalene, out of whom he had cast seven demons. Jesus met them, then saying, Rejoice. So they came and held him by the feet and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, Do not be afraid. Go and tell my brethren, Go to Galilee, and there they will see me. So we see the first people to see him here are the women, Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James, and Salome, right? Uh, so first he appeared to the women, which is very important, right? As we have preached from this pulpit before, because in those times, women were not seen as um, legit witnesses, right? Their testimony was not taken into account because they were women. Uh, they were seen down as um, in society. They, he appeared to the downtrodden women who were not seen as a genuine witness and looked down upon. Yet Jesus appeared to them first. They were the first ones to see the glory and rising of Jesus Christ. What an honor for these women, right? So the first and second appearance is to Mary Magdalene and the other women. Now the third appearance, and this we just have a slight um, glimpse into it. There's, there's not much details into this one, is Peter, which we find in Mark chapter 16, verses 6 and 7, and the verses which we read as well. And it says, when Mary and the women came to the tomb, Jesus and the angel said to them, Do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He is risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going before you into Galilee, where you will see him as he said to you. So here's it once again. Go to Galilee and tell Peter as well, where he will see me in Galilee. And later, we're going to see in the next example, that two men that Jesus appears to on the road to Emmaus, that it says, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon, Simon Peter, uh, by the Sea of Galilee as he told Mary Magdalene. So first and second appearance is to Mary Magdalene and to the other women, and the second one is to Peter. All right? And now the fourth one, and this is an interesting one, is the road to Emmaus, right? Which we find in Luke 24, chapter 24, verses 13 to 33, right? Now, once again, this is the same time where all of Jerusalem and the surrounding towns were amazed and perplexed about what had just happened the past few days, right? That this man who had been doing miracles um, and preaching everywhere had been crucified and was now behind a tomb, right? Was in a tomb behind a rock. <clears throat> and that's where we start this story. Now behold, two men were traveling that same day to a village called Emmaus, which was seven miles from Jerusalem. And they walked together of all these, they talked together of all these things which had happened. So it was, so it was while they conversed and reasoned that Jesus himself drew near and went with them. But their eyes were restrained, so they did not know him, right? So they had known Jesus before, but for some reason, they saw this man, and he did not look like Jesus, right? Or at least not like the person that they knew before, which is very important. So he was in some sort of glorified state, right? Oh, we know many times Jesus as well, throughout his ministry, that he blinded many people spiritually, so they would not see who he was for who he truly was, right? 
um, for whatever reason. So, but their eyes were restrained so that they did not know him. And he said to them, what kind of conversation is that you have with, with one another as you walk and are sad? So obviously they, had, they were sad, right? They were talking about Jesus, this one person who was supposed to liberate them and be with them, and now he's gone. Then the one whose name was Cleopas answered and said to them, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem? They have not known the things which had happened there in these days? Basically they said, Dude, where have you been? Are you, do you live under a rock, right? It would be like somebody in New York City, two days, three days after 9-11, being like, why is everybody in an uproar? Right? Why is everybody going so crazy? Be like, are you serious? Where do you live? Where have you been? Right? It was such big news in that region. And we know word traveled fast. And he said to them, what things? I love that Jesus always asks questions, right? Obviously he knew. He was like, what things? Let me hear from you. So they said to him, the things concerning Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet mighty indeed, and word before God and all the people and how the chief priests and our and our rulers delivered him to be contemned to death and crucified him but we were hoping that it was he who was going to redeem Israel indeed besides all this today's the third day since these things happened yes and certain women of our company who arrived at the tomb early astonished us when they did not find his body they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. So a few things to note here. They said yes, and certain women of our company. So these men were associated with the disciples, right? Not the 12 disciples, but in general, that general group that followed Jesus around, that they knew his teachings, they heard his teachings, um, and they were associated with that group in one way, shape, or form, because they said yes, these women, right, Mary Magdalene and the other women from our company arrived at the tomb early and astonished us. My goodness, word got out quickly, right? They came in and boom, 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 boom. Gossip, gossip always gets around quickly, right? Um, so when they did not find his body, they came saying that they had also seen a vision of angels who said he was alive. And certain of those who were with us, once again, that group, went to the tomb and found it just as the woman had said, but him they did not see. So who are these men that as well confirmed it? Peter and John that ran in, right, and saw the tomb and they confirmed what Mary said. And he said to them, O foolish ones and slow of heart to believe in all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory? And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, prophets, he expounded to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. He was like, you fools, did you do not understand? And he gave them a whole sermon there, right? From the Old Testament of what he was to go through and who he was. That shows us what? First of all, that the whole Bible, Old and New Testament, is about who? Jesus Christ and who he is and what he was supposed to do on the cross, right? And his character. Um, and I'm surprised at this point that they knew him so well that they didn't realize just because based on his teachings who he was, right? Because um, he expounded so much on the scriptures um, in such an eloquent way. So then they drew near to the village where they were going. And he indicated that he would have gone further, but they constrained him saying, 
just stay with us, for it is toward evening. It's getting dark, and the day is far spent. And he went to stay with them. Now it came to pass, as he sat with the table with him, that he took bread, basically ate with them, broke bread, blessed, broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they knew him, and he vanished from their sight. So for a glimpse, they're like, Jesus. And he's like, peace. <laughs> you saw me, now goodbye, right? So for a split second, they saw him, and all of a sudden he vanished, right? Which once again showed us that he was in a glorified state, right? That he could transport and vanish just like that, okay? And at that one moment, they realized who he was. But also, we, even though he was in a glorified state, right, we you see that he could still eat and had a physical appearance, um, but was in a glorified state. And then after this, they said to one another, did not our heart burn within us while he talked with us on the road and while he opened the scriptures to us? So they rose up that very hour and returned to Jerusalem and found the eleven and those who were with them gathered together. So they ran back to Jerusalem, seven miles back to find the disciples, which I would say, being a runner, it's about six miles, ten minute pace. I would say an hour and a half, hour, twenty minutes to run back, right, with joy to go tell um, the disciples what they had seen so we see he appeared to Mary Magdalene and the women Peter at Galilee and the two men on the road to Emmaus right and now they ran back to where to his disciples and that is the fifth appearance which you see in Mark Luke and John okay so we see all these things happening right but what about his disciples what were they doing most of us know what they were doing, right? So that same day in the evening, being the first day of the week, once again, which is what? Sunday. So just so you know, all this is happening. That's a crazy Sunday, right? All in one day, one Sunday, man. When the doors were shut, where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews. So they were cowering, afraid. These mighty disciples that had done great things behind closed doors. At a time when people needed them, right? Um, that the men from Emmaus came in and said, so these are the two men running back. I don't know how they find the disciples too, right? Talking about, they probably asked around, be like, yeah, those cowards over there in that house over there. But eventually they found them, right? Um, and they barged into the doors and said, the Lord is risen indeed and has appeared to Simon. So they knew also that he appeared to Simon as well. And they told about the things that had happened on the road and how he was known to them in the breaking of bread. Now, as they said these things, Jesus himself stood in the midst of them and said to them, what did he say to them? Shalom. Peace be to, peace to you, right? Peace be to you. Um, now the doors were shut because they were afraid. So that means once again, glorified state. He went through those doors, right, in some way, shape, or form. But they were terrified and frightened, and supposed they had seen a spirit. And he said to them, why are you troubled? And why do doubts arise in your hearts? Behold, my hands and my feet, that is, I myself, handle me and see me, for a spirit does not have flesh. So it was flesh. He was still flesh, right, a man. 
and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed him his hands and his feet. But while they still did not believe, but they still did not believe it because of their joy and amazement, he said to them, have you any food here? I love that. You guys don't believe. At least you guys have food. We need to eat at least, right? You guys don't believe me and join the maid? Come on, let's eat, guys. All right? I love that all the great stories revolve around food in the Bible, right? Always remember that. It's so, so important. That's why in families, you eat at the dinner table, right? Conversations and things you do. Um, huge also uh, in, in the Muslim community to have break bread and have coffee with someone. It's kind of an icebreaker, and they see it as something very powerful, right? To kind of break bread with a person. Um, so that's always important to make sure you eat together, right? And enjoy that time and don't rush it. Um, so they were enjoying amazement. They still did not believe it. And he said to them, have you any food here? So they gave him a piece of broiled fish and some honeycomb. And he took it and ate it in their presence. And as they sat at the table, he rebuked their unbelief and hardness of heart because they did not believe those who had seen him after he had risen. So he rebuked them, even though it was a wonderful time of joy. He was like, you know, how did you not believe? Do you not see me, right? Many times we judge Thomas, doubting Thomas, right? Um, but the, uh, the other disciples as well, that they did not believe at first as well. So that's the fifth appearance to his disciples. Um, however, there was one missing, right? Who was that? Thomas, the sixth appearance. And we know this story well. So he's appeared to Mary Magdalene, the other women, uh, Peter, the two men on the road, his disciples, and now Thomas. John 20, 24 to 29. This you can follow if you want. Now Thomas, called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came the first time, right? That first time. The other disciples therefore said to him, we have seen the Lord. Thomas, guess what? You weren't there. I don't know what you were doing. But we have seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands and the prints of the nails and put my fingers into the prints of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. And after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut, and stood in the midst and said, Shalom, peace to you. Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands and reach your hands here and put it on my side. Do not be unbelieving, but believing. Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord, my God. And Jesus said to him, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Right? So after eight days, he met with them again, showed them his hands, his side, and his feet. And finally, Thomas believed. So that was the sixth appearance to Thomas. And now the seventh one. Seven appearing is to the seven disciples in Tiberias. Right? Seven disciples in Tiberias. So after all this had happened, Jesus showed himself in John 21, 1 through 14 to disciples at the Sea of Tiberias. Simon Peter, they were all together, seven of them, said, I'm going fishing. So they said to him, we're going with you also. They went out and immediately got into the boat that night. And how much did they catch? Does anyone know the story? They caught nothing. Yes, Anna, they caught nothing. But when the morning had come, they stood on the shore, yet the disciples did not know that it was Jesus. 
Jesus said to them, children, have you any food? See, food, man. Always food, right? And they answered, no, we don't have any food. We've been here all night and haven't caught anything but a cold, right? And he said to them, cast the net on the right side of the boat, and you will find some. So they cast, and now they were not able to draw it in because of the multitude of fish. Therefore, John said to Peter, it is the Lord. And when Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his outer garment, for he had removed it, and plunged into the sea. But the other disciples came into the little boat, for they were not far from land, but about 200 cubits, dragging the net with fish. Then as soon as they had come to land, they saw a fire of coals there, and a fish laid on it and bread. And Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish you have caught. They dragged the net to land, full of large fish, 153 fish. And although there were so many, the net was not broken. Jesus said to them, come and eat breakfast. Now, this is the third time Jesus showed himself to his disciples after he was raised from the dead. Right? The third time, they still didn't recognize him until he did a miracle for them. Right? And they were like, oh, that's you. How many times, right? We go through tribulation as well. We're going through things. He's always there. But we do not see him until he does something or that thing we want him to do for us. Oh, you're there. He's like, no, I was there the whole time. I was just letting you go through it because you, you wouldn't learn the lesson any other way, right? Um, I have a friend who um, she's going through something right now where uh, her mom is possibly passing away in the next few weeks or months. And so I literally spoke. <laughs> what a conversation to have before a sermon. But I spoke to her before coming in here and she pretty much screamed and cried for half an hour and she's at that whole phase where she's kind of accepting the truth right uh, the truth of the situation the reality of the situation and she kept screaming over she's a believer and she kept screaming over and over and over lord why now why now where are you lord why now why now and where are you lord and I know she believes in him and so on. But she, for right now, she said a couple times she could not feel him, right? She could not see him. Why are you letting me go through this, right? Where are you? Where are you? Where are you? Right? And I try to tell her, well, he's there. He's there carrying you throughout this, right? And you will learn your lesson. And it's hard when you're going through it. And that goes for many of us. When we're going through trials and tribulations, when we are sad or when we have doubt, we don't see him many times. We're clouded like those men on the road right by the doubt by the tribulation by the pain by the hurt whatever it is and we just see that he's there on the shore right i'm still all powerful risen conquering savior right and he's always there so always remember that all right so the next one is thomas that he saw thomas and after that so that was the sixth appearance, the seventh appearance, I'm sorry. Sixth appearance to Thomas, seventh appearance to the seven disciples in Tiberias. And now we have the eighth, ninth, and tenth appearance <laughs> in three verses, okay? Um, we find that in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, 3 through 8. So this is actually Paul um, that says in verse 3, For I, Paul, deliver, deliver to you first of all that which I also received, that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried and he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. There you go. If you ever want to know what the gospel is, there you go. 
1 Corinthians 15, 3-4. This is when I was taught in the word of life. Delivered to you first that all which I received, everything from the scriptures, right? It all comes from the word of God. That Christ died for our sins. He was buried and they rose again the third day according to the scriptures. In verse 5, that he was seen by Cephas, right? Cephas, um, Peter. Then by the twelve, his disciples. In verse 6, here goes our eighth, ninth, and tenth appearance. After that, he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the great part remain to be present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles. Then last of all, he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time, right? Paul saw him as well, right? Um, when he was converted on his road to Damascus as well. So that's one of his appearances as well. The 500 to James and to Paul as well, right? So here we have 1 through 10, Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene, the men on the road to Emmaus, Peter, Thomas, the seven disciples, the 500, James, and Paul. He appeared to all these people, but then what? Well, this is where the best part comes, right? What happened after all this? Well, two things. First, what responsibility does it leave to us? The Great Commission, right? The Great Commission, which we find in Mark 16 and 15 and Matthew 28, 18 to 20. And it says, and it says, and many of us know these verses, and Jesus came and spoke to them saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, back, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of age. Amen. And then Mark, and he said to them, and this is the condensed version of the um, Great Commission, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Right? In case the other one is too much, that one's very simple. If you didn't get that first time right, go into the whole world, all four corners, preach the gospel to every single creature you encounter every person you encounter. Basically, that's what he's saying. So he leaves us with a great responsibility, the great commission. And then what? The last thing here is the ascension, but with a promise, right? The ascension and a promise. And here we find we're reading out of the book of Acts, Luke, and Mark. And after all this, he led them out as far as Bethany. And he lifted up his hands and blessed them. He commanded them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you have heard from me, for John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now, right? And we see that in the day of Pentecost, right, where the Holy Spirit comes. So that's the promise before he goes out that I will send my comforter, counselor, the Holy Spirit. And it says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. So yes, I tell you to go into the world and preach the gospel to every creature, but I'm not going to leave you just there. I'm going to give you the power to do so, and I'm going to leave the Holy Spirit in you to do so. And he gives that promise to all of you. For those of you who have trusted in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have that same promise and that same Holy Spirit. 
It's not just because they were apostles or disciples that they are more powerful than you have, you know, um, brought more people to Christ. You have that same opportunity and same power of the Holy Spirit to do so. And then he was taken up and a cloud received him out of their sight, right? When he was taken up the ascension up into heaven and sat down where? At the right hand of God where he is today interceding for us. And while they looked steadfastly towards heaven as he went up, behold, two men stood up by them in white apparel who also said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus who was taken up into heaven will also come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. So he will be back, his second coming. And what kind of attitude did this cause in the people? Well, in them, in the disciples, and it says, And they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy and were continually in the temple praising and blessing God. And they went out and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word through the accompanying signs. Amen and amen. So here we have the end. All his ten appearances, he leaves us with a responsibility to preach the gospel to every creature, the promise of the Holy Spirit. And what kind of attitude did they have that we also should have of worship, praise, blessing, joy, and we should go out and make disciples as well, preaching the gospel, saying he has truly risen. He has truly risen, and he lives today, right? And we have a lot more than what they had as far as the Bible is concerned, right? So we have a greater responsibility to go out there and preach with confidence and boldness the gospel of Christ, right? Just of those who have seen, as you have seen, the change in your life. And like the pastor said last week, you have not seen a change in your life or have seen him in your life, maybe because there isn't any change, right? So give his life to him today. Allow him to change your life every single day through the reading of the word of God so that you may go out there and preach to every creature from nation to nation. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. Father, Lord, we, we thank you for listening to this message and pray that the word of God spoke to your heart. To listen to previous sermons, please visit us at www.cbttbc.com or anchor.fm forward slash cbt hyphen sermons.